Hello and welcome to Tokyo Inklings. My name is CY. You can find me on my website at tokyostationpens.com, on Instagram and TikTok at tokyostationpens, and on Twitter at tokyostationmnh. And my name is Jacob, and I'm a food fan pretty much everywhere. Hello, my name is Cray, and I'm I mean I cat on Instagram. And I'm Elisa um, Inky Rocks on Instagram and YouTube. And this is our New Year episode. How's everybody doing on this fine day? I feel like the past couple years we've been doing this is we've always been blessed with good weather、um, on New Year's Day. So you know, when I walked into the room this morning, I was like, "Oh, you know what? We're so lucky. It's always sunny on on New Year's Day. It's like you know, it feels good." There's something very very unusual about taking the train on New Year's Day because it's it's. It's almost empty, right? And, and trains just aren't empty in Japan. Like n- not even during the pandemic wasn't really that empty. But now, on only on New Year's Day, like, there's no one here, and and even like the convenience stores, some of them are closed. It's very strange thing. Yeah, even on the street, you walk and it seems like it, a ghost city in the morning because no one's going out.、Yeah. Uh, there's no uh, like uh, postman or a garbage truck. Nothing is really silent. Very、uh, peaceful. Yeah. So、um, we've we've done this. This is now the third year in a row that we've kind of gathered on New Year's Day,、um, and just to give a reminder to listeners, you know what we do,、uh, and it's kind of almost become a little bit of a tradition. Is that we like to talk about、um, our predictions from last year. So about 335 days ago, we made some predictions about how this year would go. Uh, I think it would be fun to see how those predictions came to pass, and、um, you know, review our year a little bit, and then let's make some predictions for the next year. Yeah. So、uh, last year we had several predictions.、Um, Alyssa, you and I, we predicted that there would be smaller ink bottles. We we said that. Um, people don't necessarily want to have large 80 mil or 50 mil bottles. It'll be easier and、uh, more convenient for people to have maybe 30 mil bottles. And 20 maybe too small, but 30 mil bottles I think is really a nice sweet spot. Do you think that's come to pass? Absolutely.、Um, like even the new pen company guitar came out with just a tiny bottle, but even Iroshizuku repackaged. Like they're four inks, and and that is actually a really good size because、um, not only are they small, they kept the openings really wide, so the openings are you know really easy to refill. So I think yeah, they're you know the Idoshizuku bottles are pretty big, but then the smaller ones they're just as useful, and you know you can get four colors instead of one for about the same price. So yeah, you're talking about the the quote unquote limited edition versions of the regular versions, right? Yeah, I I did notice that as well,、um, and I think you know one of the the brands that has really blown up.、Uh, I I feel like especially this year in Japan is Ferris Wheel Press, known for having tiny bottles. Unfortunately, they don't have the wide openings, as you said, as you noted with the with the Pilot. But、um, I just wish that they made those bottles also available separately because. Um, I think the point is to have less overall ink instead of more overall ink, and you're kind of you know forced to buy them all together.、Um, but yeah, I do think that there has been. It's probably not as quick as I thought it would be in terms of、um, 
people picking up this trend. But I definitely think that there have been more smaller bottles uh, rather than larger bottles. I mean, people. I remember a few years ago. Um, I think J.R. Bond came out with this like one liter bottle, and then there was all this craze about oh, if you want to buy blue ink, you can buy Pilot Blue Black for like you know five hundred milliliters for three dollars or something. And I feel like that kind of conversation is mostly died out. Um, we don't really hear, "Hey, let's get the most bang for your buck on ink," because maybe people realized we're never gonna really use up all that ink. So if you only want to use blue, yeah, sure, go buy buy that you know pile of blue black for like five dollars or whatever. But if you're interested in a variety of different inks, um, smaller bottles is is easier to to store, collect, and um, and I think. Fun. Yeah, I agree that this whole thing about like price per ml is not not a thing anymore. But I think the the, the absolute price for an ink bottle still matters, and I think it's very telling that you know one of the new entrants this year, um, Kuritake, they didn't even bother with large ink bottles. They came into the market with just small bottles, small affordable bottles. Yeah. So the idea is that you don't just buy one; you buy a bunch of them, like yeah. they try different colors. And I think that is the trend. You know, while we see less of this, you know. Boombox Yaching style, you know, 5,000 yen plus bottles. I think that may be, yeah. be more of a thing in the past. And Kuretake, they, they, they used to with, or I think they still do, but with, um, with uh, Mita, uh, the pen store Mita, they, they yeah. used to come out with these scented uh, pigmented inks with these very, very elaborate, cool, like Kiriko bottles that were like three, four thousand dollars. Yeah, beautiful or, or bottles. Yen. Yeah. Um, and I feel like, the kind of designer bottles maybe have faded a little bit with more functional, uh, but as you said, smaller bottles. Um, that that's uh, definitely something that I think we've seen. And also, you you talked about the guitar inks, the um, uh, Teranishi chemical inks. I actually personally really really like those inks, even like the colors, the story, the the Taishodoma, the, the entire packaging. I think they're they're really uh, knockout. For me and I really love that they did the second um, release of the these inks and I think that that's definitely one of the ink brands um, non-Japanese consumers should try to get their hands on they're not the flashiest of inks but they're they're very nice well I think that one of the driving things though about that guitar ink is they were really smart about the packaging with that you know kind of older you know nostalgic look on their box but they did everything very inexpensively the box is yeah. just a cardboard box they threw on a tag that you can put a color swatch on. Yeah. That costs them nothing. They have an interesting mass-produced cap. It's just a, a tin cap, but it's really pretty. And they did all that for really cheap. It's one of the cheaper inks you can get here in Tokyo. And I think that was the real smart thing is they gave you the packaging that you want to have fun with, but yet it's still very inexpensive yeah. compared to the other inks. Yeah, I and that brand is probably one of the biggest success stories this year. And I think that is, that is quite a feat because I remember last year around this time, we were talking about these various Korean brands and we thought they were going to be, be big. They kind of fizzle out. They, they aren't really that available. And a lot of foreign brands or even Japanese brands have tried and not really succeeded at getting a foothold in Japan. Teranishi, they really managed to do that. They kept added, you know, they released like one, two, three, four different series of inks. There are six of them now. They have the low cost, you know, standard series inks. They have a pen. They have done a lot of stuff and it's really paid off. They, they are now one of the 
bigger ink brand, I would say, or at least in terms of mind share, because you see them everywhere. Do you think that's also because Teranishi being uh, a much older company and they they now make more products? They used to make inks for pens, but now they make a bunch of different like uh, lower cost products. They're already they already have relationships with brands like Itoya and and you know Tsutaya. Well, Tsutaya. yeah, the elephant in the room here is that Teranishi is part owned by Nakabayashi. So they have a big marketing muscle and I think that has been a big contributing factor here. But I still think their strategy has paid off and they are really one of the big success stories this year. All right, so um, maybe that's uh, bleeding into the future segments, but let's move on with um, reviewing our past um, predictions. I predicted that there would be a further divide between glass pens glass pen users and fountain pen users. Uh, In my opinion, that's been true. Uh, The reason why that's been true is because if you look at all the events that are happening, I think there are clearly events that glass pen users want to go to versus events that uh, fountain pen users want to go to. Something that you'll see very clearly is, um, for example, the Marzen Pen Show. Right or the Marathon Pen Fair, whatever they want to call it, uh, you you see a um, a certain demographic appear there, let, let's say. Whereas if you go to the same, um, in terms of like a Tonal Limbs event, you you have some fountain pens there, but that's certainly not the draw. I mean, if you t- if you told people like, I don't know. Three years ago, right, at the 2019 Tokyo International Pen Show, that Kobayashi can go to an event and be the la- like one of the last tables to to sell out of something, people would tell you that you're crazy, right? V- whereas I remember in 2020 uh, we had Hase at um, at the Tokyo International Pen Show. He didn't show up, sell out, and now he's selling out everywhere, but they don't even bother showing at the Tokyo International Pen Show anymore because they don't think that it's maybe the right audience. They don't think they have the uh, right production. Instead, they go to like the Naniwa Pen Show, the, um, the Kobe Pen Show. And I think that's the, the strategy there is very specifically more targeted towards calligraphy slash glass pen people. Yeah, but at the tips we saw Aum, for example, who was one of their first one, and they were sold out in half an hour, even with tickets booking. So I think it's not, um, they will still have an audience for it. Uh, either the, the the show is targeting only Fontaine Pen, like mostly Fontaine Pen. I guess there are, we saw, uh, we discussed the Pelican Hubs too, the, the audience is moving towards more like uh, Inkunuma, people's ladies, but yeah, I think it will maybe. I'm not sure if the separation is a good word. Maybe it will like uh, uh, more. The flux will go from one part to another part, and maybe join at one point. So that's what I think is uh, is lacking: is that there is no real customer journey that goes from glass pens to fountain pens right now um, that the companies are designing for the cons- consumer. Maybe some consumers they find it by accident, or maybe maybe not, I don't know. But it's not something that's deliberately done right now. 
And I think it's actually an opportunity for a lot of companies to say, hey, we're going into this irotsushi, we're going into this hokoro kind of theme. How do we get the consumer to then level up to maybe the fountain pen, steel nibs, then level up to a、mm-hmm. gold nib fountain pen? How, how we bring them to through this consumer journey? And I don't think there has been a lot of efforts in in that realm. And I think that's why you see like.、Um, You know, for example, you, you pointed out that Aon was in Tokyo International Pen Show, but there were like different glassmakers、um, at at Marzen even, but nobody really heard of them. They were kind of separated on on a different floor, and even the the autumn Marzen shows they had glass pen makers, but it wasn't、um, it wasn't the the right demographic there. So h- how do we how do we move one through another,、um, and how how do we you know Transition these customers, these consumers, to actually merge and and buy both products. But I think that is a very fountain pen centric mindset, and I think that is the mistake that we have all done here for the last few years. That we assume that the natural progression as you get into ink is that you end up with fountain pens. That the ink becomes a complementary product for the fountain pen. And I think, if anything, and I don't want to steal like Alyssa's thunder because this is really her, her big prediction, but. There have been ample opportunity for ink fans to get into fountain pens, and Morrison was very early, you know, to trying to get the ink people into the Wagner events. We've seen that at various other events. You have both fountain pens and inks at Tony and Dims, and so on. I think what we're really seeing is that our prediction that they will all fall in love with fountain pens that is not panning out, and I think that that is because it's not so much. We assume that the fountain pen becomes a primary product, and ink is just a complementary product. Instead, what is happening is that the ink is now the primary product, and fountain pen is just one of the many different complementary products. And there are also other complementary products that, for many of these people, are just more appealing. And, that, and it doesn't have to do with you know, accessibility, not 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 being able to buy them. It just has to, it has to do with you know glass pens just being a more fun way to experience ink. I, I I agree there, but I think part of it is、um, I think my problem like before was like yeah you like ink you're gonna go into fountain pens right, but I did stop to think that maybe the demographic that when you're buying a b- bunch of ink and maybe you've put some serious money into glass pens, you don't mind trying things, but you don't want it to you, you're not gonna go out and buy a sailor glittery pen, you know, and I think a lot of them are trying some of the the cheaper.、Um, Fountain pens, like the Fonte, you know, you've got the different、mm. tips on the Fonte, so you can do a brush pen, you can do a glass pen, you can do a fountain pen. So I think that's one of the reasons why the cheaper fountain pens have exploded is because if you are into,、mm. you know, the ink swamp kind of thing, you can try some inks and you might spend twenty or thirty dollars on a fountain pen, but you're not going to drop two hundred on it.、Mm. And that's also why I think like Ancora has the popularity that put together pen,、mm. that put together pen. Is like you know what twenty or thirty dollars. So I think part of it I was looking at it as a progression of like going from ink to like a nice sailor because you like sparkly ink. Maybe you like a sparkly sailor. But I think what it is is going from ink to the fountain pen is just another tool.、Mm. And if it's just another tool, you're not going to drop two hundred bucks on it. You, you'll drop ten or twenty. I think it's why all the Kaweco Pearl or the Twisby、um, recent pen really like you saw them everywhere on Instagram last year because. Many people get in the fountain pen with this, like,、uh, I would say beginner, not beginners, but like、uh, 
uh, not that expensive uh, brand. And they they make the link between this kind of uh, shimmering uh, magic one, uh, what we like with the Sailor sh- uh, shimmering pen, and people who are not collectors of pilots, sailors, they will maybe uh, get in this uh, game with uh, this kind of brand. So I, I, I think that, you know, being ink being the primary product and then uh, the pen being an, you know, accessory product. I don't think that's necessarily an issue, but I think there is a lack of marketing in like, for example, right? Glass pens are great. You can't really bring them out of the house. You can't really bring them around and just sit at a cafe and and use them, right? So so what are your alternatives? You use a ballpoint pen. Everybody has a ballpoint pen. You use a rollerball pen. Everybody has a rollerball pen. Um, but what if you want to use the pens that you like in your in your glass pens? What if you want to you know bring them around? You know you, you use a fountain pen, or you can bring the bottle and and have a dip pen with a cap, I suppose. But I, I don't see a lot of marketing around. Hey, we know that you love inks, and we know that a lot of these people they they like going out to to hang out with their girlfriends or or their boyfriends in in cafes. Um, how are you going to use these products like there are I think four plotters on this table right now uh, just just on one half of the recording room you know um, Hobonichi is always super super popular we're not seeing the pen companies make the effort to do that marketing to and even if it's an accessory product right you still have to market to keep yourself relevant like uh, you know, like for example, like keyboards. Keyboards are an accessory product to to a computer, but you still have to market them to make people want to to buy them. And I think there isn't a thought out way for these companies. How are they going to make that pen? Because the pen is, I I believe, always going to be the most expensive product. Um, based on the complexity, uh, on the materials, etc. It's always going to be the most expensive product. How are you going to entice people to buy these expensive products and move them upstream? And I think I was talking to the CEO of Dior many, many years ago, and um, he told me that his favorite business model was uh, was Tiffany. I think he's the CEO of Tiffany now um, in, in Japan. And he said Tiffany's favorite business model because there is something for everybody. You go in, you buy your little girl a little bracelet, like a gift. And then when they're, you know, teenagers, you buy them like a little ring or, or earrings. And then when, you know, they're getting married, you buy them a diamond ring. And then when they're old, you buy them something like super elaborate high jewelry. So there, there's a something for, for everybody. And there's a really planned out customer journey. What does that look like in the fountain pen world where it's increasingly becoming more ink centric? Yeah, but I think the marketing happens. I mean, you know, advertising doesn't necessarily mean taking a full-page ad in a Yomi Yoru Shimbun. Like that, that's not really the audience. Instead, if you want to market to these people, you go and put ads on uh, on Instagram or you do like influence marketing. And I think to some extent that happens. Maybe not so much the Japanese companies. It's more about the, the, the foreign companies are, are very active on Instagram with, with, with uh, sponsored posts and influence marketing. I think that really happens. And if you go to stationery stores, you do have... I mean, even at like lifestyle stores like Loft and uh, Toki Hands, you do have a selection of fountain pens, and sometimes you have a tester set. I think that exists, but I think 
it, it, I don't think it's just about marketing. I think, and it ties into another thing I've been talking about in my blog. I think the Japanese companies in particular, they haven't done enough with their steel nib, they're the low end fountain pens. I mean, Prera, great pen, but Prera hasn't seen a refresh in years. You know, Curidas, what are, what's, what's going on with the Curidas? You know, come on. It, so I, I think it's less about marketing, it's more about, you know, doing something more interesting with the products, make them more appealing. Uh, that's a great segue to your predictions last year, Jacob, because um, I know you took them off the show notes, but you were talking about lower end products last year. You were interested in seeing something in like the 5,000 yen range. For, yeah, well, for well that was, wasn't so much a prediction as was wishful thinking. Right? I, I didn't say that's going to happen. I said I, I wanted that to happen. And that is still what I'm hoping. Well, now I feel more confident that it's going to happen because, you know, I, uh, it really for the same reason, but it's more, I think, urgent now because the, the, the gold price just keeps going up and it can now get into a point where, you know, you have to like decide whether to spend your month's rent or, or buy gold in a fountain pen, right? It's not, it's becoming like, like the base price is becoming just too high. And I think that the lower end offerings from most of these Japanese fountain pen makers just, they don't really put enough effort yeah. into it. Uh, they, they, I mean, they have some good base model. I mean, Sailor, maybe not so much, but Platinum's, Procyon, it's a really interesting pen, but it needs more love. Prera needs more love. I think there's, they, have, they have something they can work with. I just wish they would do that. Mm-hmm. So I've got a question for you on this point is, um, do you think that uh, people want lower priced pens because of poor economic times or do you think that it has been something that has just been missing in the market so what i think is missing is so when you talk about the gold nib pens i think there's always going to be a market for for you know pens for collectors pens for you know graduation gifts but what i'm talking about is pens that you can find you know going back to this example with loft and tokyo hands i'm looking for pens that you can see in stores like that and, you know, you try for the first time in your life like a Prera with a stub nib and you realize, wow, this is really fun to write with and I can use my, my existing collection of exotic inks and this is just like 5,000 yen. Like, let me get one to play with. Right? So less of a collector's item, less of a gift, more of an actual writing instrument for everyday use. I think that's what, doesn't, that's what I want to see more of. But that was what the seventy four was, right? That's what that was. That was what the the promenade was. But they were obviously priced a little bit higher. Yeah, but yeah, but the the, the promenade and, and custom seventy four, at least you know the standard black and gold ones. They they were never even they even those pens were kind of gifts, right? You have, you have the black and gold traditional gifts for occasion. It's not something you would buy for yourself because that's a fun nib and, and it looks you know. Appealing, I think. So, so what do you think is the appropriate price range for this? Because you know, when you say five thousand yen, that's still a lot of money for somebody who maybe doesn't really understand the the pricing of these products. Yeah, I, I'm thinking somewhere around sort of the the, the Twispy Echo price range because I mean, we talked about that a few episodes ago. I think elsewhere, you know, Kaweco and Twispy have been very successful with these entry level like fun pants that people can buy. I think. That would be that would be the right price range. I mean, think of it as like two bottles of ink worth of money. So like about thirty-ish dollars. Yeah, or like the like the Moonman too. 
Moonman? Yeah. yeah. Around 30, 30, 40 maximum dollars. Mm, and it's interesting that you bring up the Twisby Echo because the Echo has actually um, price increased a few times in Japan. Now they're about 8,000 yen. Um, yeah, in Japan, I mean, yeah. Taiwanese PEMs have always been, the price has never made sense in Japan. That doesn't, you know, common yeah. problem. But I'm talking about the price of, of Kaweco and Twisby in the US and Europe. Okay, mm. so about like, Maybe three thousand ish yen. Yes, exactly. I think that that's a sweet spot where you, where you can still do kind of an impulse buy, yeah. right? Like I, here's a, a fun-looking pen with an interesting nib, and I can use my 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 funky tone and limb sync with it. Uh, I'm wondering the development cost to to create a new model. It has to last more than the next like five ish years, right? The the investment. If they were to do this, the investment would be to make this model last like at least 15, 20 years, um, investing in tooling and other stuff like that. And so, so that's why I'm asking, should it, do you think it's, it's because people are facing inflation for one first time in like what, 40 years in Japan, or whether you think that's something that is actually needed, um, in the market. But yeah, I, I do agree with you that if there was something more whimsical, uh, something something more fun in that range, it would be able to bridge that gap, right? Yeah, I, I don't think it has so much to do with inflation or the effect. I'm talking about this. I'm talking about fountain pen in this new role as a complementary product for the ink. You have bought your two bottles of Ferris wheel press and toner link limbs ink, and you bought your your fountain glass pen, and uh, and and now you see like a three thousand yen fountain pen, and you can use that with your existing collection of ink. I think that is a market that may not have existed in the same way before. Um, and then your your prediction last year was more more companies will release metal dip pens, and then you you kind of made a shout out to Shown Design to make a metal nib. Yeah, I mean, to, to be fair, I was kind of hoping, or I mentioned that in the context of like dip pens. He didn't make a dip pen, but he did make his own nibs. Yeah. So I give myself an A minus for that. But but for metal dip pens, I mean that that I mean this has been the year of metal dip pens. Right? You have Iro Utsushi, you have the, the second generation Hokura pens. You have um, Kakimori's pen nib, which came out this year, and now, as Que pointed out recently, even Midori now is getting into that uh, the pen game. So this is really... Uh, I'm giving myself an A-plus on that. A-plus. <laughs> A-plus all around. All right. Koei, um, you said that dip pens that don't need uh, necessarily like expertise. So, for example... You know, a lot of, uh, you mentioned last year, the browse ornamental or dip pens for calligraphy use uh, exists, but something maybe less uh, specialized is something that you thought was, was going was gonna to come up. Yeah, Would you give yourself an A plus as well? Uh, as well, plus plus. <laughs> A plus plus. <laughs> yeah, like Jacob just said, Hokoro uh, pushed the game further with the Fude nib, and uh, um, like they, they they get a second series of uh, special nib out, and um, yeah, we saw a lot of uh, like com- small companies who who just launched their own dip pens, their own brass, or even some glass pen. Um, uh, was it exchange you can change the just the nib so i think it's getting in the game yeah all right and Alyssa, you said that women will continue to drive trends in the space do you think that that has come true 
I'm going to give myself an A plus too, since everybody else is giving themselves an <laughs> A, a plus. plus all around. <laughs> no, I think it is. I think, and it's mainly because of the ink. And I've just found that even like, I mean, I'm not big on on social media, but just seeing like the analytics like on my YouTube channel, I'm getting more women subscribers. Which, when I first started, it was literally like maybe down 10, 20 percent, and now it's it's not quite half. But so I think there's just a lot more interest in. Um, the whole fountain pen ink world from women. And I think that's from the inclusiveness of, you know, ink being pretty and, and ink, you know, you can do all kinds of stuff with it. I think that's drawing a lot of women in and I'm, I'm thankful for that. Yeah, and we were talking about that uh, the, the last time with Alicia is like the, the merging between ink and the perfume or um, uh, aesthetic worlds are just very strong from Ferris, Pre Ferris Press wheels, of course, but Recently, even Krishna, the Indian brand, they recustomized all their bottles. And you see the, this parallel of small, like, nice boxes with very good designs. And the, the bottles are kind of very photogenic. So on your Instagram posts, you, you just put, post some bottles around and it gives this uh, yeah, very um, uh, fashion uh, um, feedback on, on your picture with one or two accessories. So I think the, the game is really strong for this company who aim for female audience, kind of, and and yeah, and the people respond to it. Yep. All right. And um, before we move on to looking back at the, the kind of awards for 2022, uh, what would we give an overall grade to, you know, the, the year? If you had to give a grade was it a a plus plus year <laughs> i wouldn't know how to quantify it it's okay they're all subjective opinions anyways jacob would you give this year an a plus plus i think in many ways it's been more interesting than last year uh, because we've seen sort of a shift for the big fountain pen makers a shift toward you know ink and dip pens and i think they've really executed well on that or at least one company has executed well on that so uh i give it an a for being more interesting than last year great yeah and maybe because we got out from the pandemic too like all the event like in-person event went back and we start to see foreign um visitors uh, in foreign uh companies uh, getting in Japan too, and it was more like exciting, of course, compared to 2020 or 2021. Yeah, so A, A+. Yeah, I'll go with that. Yeah, it, just, it seemed like it was a, and I think that's thank, and that's partly because of the influence of, you know, more the ink people and glass pen people, because now we're looking at so many different kinds of, we're looking at so many kinds of tools, and I, I think bringing in more different aspects of the hobby has made it so much more interesting more more to cover all right and let's uh let's do kind of like a rapid fire round of 2022 so i have some stuff here i'm not going to go in order uh let's start with the best uh purchase of the year what was your best purchase of 2022 um Alyssa, why don't you go first well, I don't know what the best, but my most recent was a Mew, a striped Mew. So I'm like, for someone who's like into new pens, I kind of like had a momentary hiccup and 
did a vintage. So vintage is still in the game, everybody. Even though we love talking about ink and all this new stuff, vintage still is cool. Awesome, awesome. Quay? So for, for me, it was neither a pen, neither an ink. It was the Table Kubo um, magnetic um, wooden board that I use almost every day, either for writing letters or ink swatching or um, uh, sketching, because it doesn't mark on the paper and it's so easy to to use. And the fun thing is the magnetic clip can be either horizontal or vertical. So you can find it on Kakimori uh, website uh, if you are interested, or like outside of Japan, if not on their own website, Table Kubo. Jacob? I haven't bought that much this year, but and I thought a bit about that. One thing that came to mind now, just because it's in front of my eyes, is my pre-plotter <laughs> plotter prototype Noxbrain branded plotter. I have more or less moved away from notebooks toward um, binders because I, I don't feel this like it's not intimidating to start a new planner because you can just move stuff around and you can switch papers. Uh, I don't know in I don't know in advance, you know, what topics they're gonna gonna be writing about and how much of each and I don't need to worry about that with the with the binder. So um binders in general and my, my pre plotter plotter in particular. That's a good point actually. Uh, I like that. I like that a lot. Um for me it's not going to be a strictly stationary product. But I think my champagne pink uh, portable Inspic sticker printer is going to be my best purchase of the year. And the reason is because uh, I've been struggling with uh, Hobonichi with, with planning for the past two or three years. Uh, I always do well on January 1st, 2nd, maybe 3rd, and then, and then I, I fall off. But I feel like this Inspic is going to help me keep more memories because I can just print them out, stick them in. And then once I stick them in, I'll you know, just write a little, little thing about it and, uh, and they'll be over. It will uh, reduce the burden of having to write a full page every day. I thought you would say your camera. I haven't, uh, haven't done enough on pens uh, yet to, to do the camera, but maybe, uh, maybe next, next year. year. Maybe next year. All right, so um, what about, let's see, what about the most wildest or most unexpected new product of the year? And maybe I'll start this time. I'm going to go with the Mont Blanc Naruto 146. I think that was, that was pretty funky. Quay? Uh, for me, it was the tiny glass pen from Clarto that I, I discovered from Alicia, who was, first of all, very cute and tiny, but... It, it can write, so you can really write, and it was really, yeah, it was uh, blowing my mind that it's so, so small. Jacob? I think Pilot has surprised us a few times this year with some unexpected products. Uh, to me, the top of, top of that list is the signature nib. Out of nowhere, they came and introduced an all-new mm. nib, and it was not really clear why, and not really clear why it was done in a certain way, because it's not actually the same nib as the old signature nib. It's all very surprising, and it's all very unclear why it happened, but I love it, and I think once it, that that's going to be released. I assume it's going to be released outside Japan eventually. I think it's going to be it. Yeah, that was that was a good one. So you took mine, so I got to come up with another one. <laughs> no, actually, I think it's a tie between two for me. One of them, um, Quay brought it today, is the Clarto um, little glass tube. And instead of using a dropper when you're taking ink out of your bottle, you just hold the little hole in the top of the tube, 
and you pull the ink out and then you can put it over to your, like, you know, your ink pot, another ink pot or a beaker, and then you let go of the hole and the ink comes out and then you literally just dunk it in water and it's clean. It's, it's really easy way mm. to transfer ink. So that was pretty imaginative. And as far as pens, I, I think probably the shape of heart. You're going to talk about that later, I think. Oh, okay. But anyways, I just thought it was just the weirdest pen in the world, having all those little glittery things on the end and the and the breather hole. So yeah, I bought one. <laughs> all right. And um, what about the most disappointing new product? You and I are probably thinking the same thing. <laughs> I, I, I'm right here. I think we're both thinking the same thing. Go ahead. Oh, you want me to go? It's that. What's the name? I don't even remember the name. It's the Pilot Dip Pen. Uh, yeah, you know, it's a Yeah, yeah. I, I just didn't even bother to buy it. I tried it, and it was awful. And it just, it's just awful. Yeah, I had that one in mind too, and it's just like the idea was right. Well, the idea to just release a dip pen, but you need to do something more than just put like a, a kakuno nib on a stick. Right? It, 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 it wasn't enough. It was, it was a, a kakuno popsicle stick. That's yeah. what it was. Yeah. Maybe my most disappointing product, it's not, it's not the worst product, but the most disappointing is the Moonman C4 because it's one annoying flaw away from being the, my pen of the year, right? Moonman C4 has exactly the, the right shape, that's, that's classic Sakai-esque shape. It's got a funny little, little uh, clip and it's got like beautiful high-quality acrylic. It's got an ink dormer system that works really well. But the threading is bad. Oh. I, I, it's one super annoying flaw away from being just a, a spectacular pen. That's why it's disappointing. Okay, you can't cop out of this this yeah, year. Yeah, I didn't find anything. No, it was a good year. A plus plus. Oh, A plus plus. A cop out again. You copped out last year. You copied out this year. Okay, okay. I fully support that, though. All right. Um, what about the most? fun product not necessarily like super wild but we had fun with this product and i'm gonna go with the uh pilot signature nib i think it's not like necessarily super wild but i think that it's definitely really fun to you know finally reintroduce a new nib um and not in the way that like mont blanc does it right like mont blanc they introduce something for like one year and it costs like two thousand dollars but they, they really have this on something that's quite reasonably affordable. Um, it's not a premium over the, the other products. And, um, and it's just, you know, when, when do you see a pen company put out a completely new grind? Great. Most fun product? I guess um, Plotter was my, um, how to say, weakness uh, last year. And I, I enjoy so much, as Jacob said before, I enjoy so much writing, sketching, uh, cutting papers in every size and every uh, direction. And it, it's, as uh, Jacob said, it's um, the fact that you can just take out paper, just throwing some out and adding more, it just uh, doesn't block you from messing and it was very fun. Yeah, and the uh, the mini three. The mini three. Of course. I, I have to, I still have to cut papers to fit in <laughs> that one. But yeah, yeah, Plotter was really strong um, last year, and I think it will still uh, this year at least for me. Um, I don't know. They are all fun. I I'm just gonna pull this one out. Just the probably the the ink from Fuga pens that's made out of uh, goji berries. 
I, you know, I, I like it. it it's, a, it's a really pretty color, and it, it kind of smells good. And he puts, like, something like 450 grams of, like, goji berry juice in there or something. But then I brought it to our last pen show, and everybody just freaked out and loved it. And then I, I kind of like it even more. So, yeah, probably Fuga Pen's uh, goji berry ink. So, for context, I think... Last year we talked about how Inkunuma has grown and grown, but the one thing that is holding us back, especially outside Japan, the one thing that is preventing Inkunuma from really taking off outside Japan is the lack of uh, a glass pen availability, right? And I think the one product that has changed that this year is this 1,000 yen glass pen from Fonte, which is now available outside Japan as well. And I think this is like the missing catalyst that is going to make Inkunuma really take off yeah. outside Japan and it, it actually works quite well and again it's 1000 yen and it is the perfect complementary product for your crazy inks. And, and remind us, Fonte, do they rebrand Jinhaos I think? Well that's you know why we were critical of them at first because that's how they started out. They sold what was clearly you know something that came from the same injection mold as Jinhao 992 but since then they have and moved on to you know brush pens to ballpoints and this year this glass pen which is actually a real glass pen and it's about 1000 yen and I actually bought this one yesterday at Mars and I'm just surprised at how well it works and this is this is the missing piece all right fonte most fun pen or most fun product of the year um, moving on to the best planner uh, or best um, notebook of the year uh, I'll start. Um, I think for me, Plotter definitely had a huge, huge splash. Um, I was at the SF Pen Show where they made a build your own plotter uh, at the show, which was really, really fun. They came out with the Mini uh, 3, which is really fun. Obviously, they had the Mini 5 already before. They came out with so many new leather covers. And Jacob, as you said, um, really not intimidating to start a new plotter because you can just rip it out and put something else in. So for me, uh, that would be the best uh, planner slash um, planning product of the year. Same here. I'm repeating myself. <laughs> but I'm still uh, very loyal to Traveler, Fact uh, Traveler Notebook and uh, Hobonichi, but I, I use them as I always view them as journal and uh, daily planner. But the plotter system is more for all the ink swatches and taking notes, uh, we, we are talking about um, uh, grocery list and stuff like that, and it's very, yeah, changed my life. <laughs> changed your life, okay. Changed <laughs> <laughs> my life. I'll take credit for that too. <laughs> um, I still am very partial to Hobonichi, and that's what I use as a planner, but I totally think as far as something new that people will really like is the plotter. I think... Like um, Jacob was saying, you can change things out. The only reason I don't use a plotter for a planner is because I'm one of those people that will obsessively keep changing everything. And the plotter allows you to do that. So I would never know what was going on because I would be changing everything. But it's... Um, That's why you buy more than one. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> but what, one of the things I think is interesting is Hobonichi is kind of neutral. And when you look at... Um, what do you call it, travelers, they're kind of like, you know, rugged and you're going to go traveling and you're going to, you know, do all this exciting stuff. With the plotter went the other direction, it's very elegant. 
and uh, the little metal bar in the end, the different kinds of really nice leather, and all the different inserts, it's very elegant. So I think as far as like the breakout planner that people are gonna go crazy over, it's gonna be the plotter. So I think one of the one of the fun trends is that we've seen more and more types of paper for, for plotters and other ring binders. And I think my, so my favorite product or product I'm gonna mention, it's not a planner as such, but, it, but it's a complementary product, which is, um, Da Vinci's bamboo paper refills for plotters and old Da Vinci, of course, and any other plotter. It, it's 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 surprisingly good paper. It's environmentally friendly and uh, it's good product. I agree. I did buy that as well. Now moving on to the best company of the year. Uh, for me, it would be Pilot. Uh, even though they had some misses, I know that the Irutsushi. I think um, was really critical about it when it first came out specifically because, as you said, it's it's really just a kakuno on a stick, right? However, however, they came out with the Neo Classic, which was, you know, came out of left field of nowhere, really. And they, they gave an injection of fun to this really nice um, uh, 912 model that I, I hope proved to pilot that colors are still fun, even if those colors are not maybe the most fun colors but at least they can do something that's not black and gold. Um, I think with the signature nib that came out, really, really, really cool. And I think that for Pilot, this year has actually been quite a uh, fast year for their product releases. Um, you know, they, they came out with new inks at the end of last year, first time they refreshed the, the Yoshizuku line in, you know, ages. Maybe the pilot fanboy in me can hope that this is a sign that they're actually still investing in their fountain pen division rather than just the, you know, other toys or, or pencils or, or whatever they're, they're doing nowadays. Maybe there's still hope that they actually really care. Oh, and, and they, they released the size 30 in Namiki. Um, so that was that was another thing uh, with Nagasawa. They they did um, an exclusive with Nagasawa. So I think Pilot uh, did a good job um, in 2022. In 2023, I'm already a little bit disappointed at the Marazen um, at the Marazen uh, Customerushi, but who knows? I'm holding out and hoping that Pilot will still surprise me. Jacob. I agree that Pilot had a very strong year. I think that the three most coveted pen, fountain pens this year were all were all Pilot. You had Boombox Fujiyama Blue, you had uh, the capless Hana Shobo, and you have Marusan's Green Custom Rushi. So I mean, Pilot had a very strong year, but I still think that they mostly focus on fountain pens. So I would say Sailor, not because of their endless you know, Pro Gear releases. I don't care about those, but instead between the second generation Hokoro and Yurameko inks, I think they are among the three big pen makers, the one that is most, uh, you know, Inkunuma savvy right now. I'm gonna go, not fountain pens, I'm gonna go with Clarto. And uh, they were just, they're just such an interesting company. They're actually made here in Yogoku in, in Tokyo. Mm. And they kind of, they bridge the gap between really beautiful designs and practicality. And so a lot of their like um, pens are really pretty, but they're very useful. And they have so many different kinds of tools. Like I was talking about earlier, the thing to take up ink, um, 
they're different um, glass pens. And like uh, Quay brought up the little tiny one, which is, I don't know why, it just does something to me. And there are different kinds of beakers. They understand uh, using glass pens and ink. And I think they're going to be going to be really popular this year. And they were they were really interesting this past year. All right. Yeah, I will um, jump uh, uh, as Alicia and Clarto, um, as we just dec- discovered them uh, this last month. And um, I will want to give a shout out to Arne uh, in Kurashiki because um, we, we knew f- like the glass pen uh, in Japan was in the game for, for some years. But what I really appreciate with Arne is the fact that they can test new, um, they don't do only do glass pen. They design the glass pen some with liquids like the, the Storm series who have crystals inside. So they, they make more than glass pen. It's really like a very beautiful object uh, that you can, of course, collect if you like to collect things, as I am. Or uh, just like to hold in your hands is more than, than just a pen. And their customer service is always incredible. So, for example, you buy a B-nib, and after one or two months, you are not that happy with that. You can ship it back to their shop in Kurashiki and ask them to make an F-nib or an, another nib, and they will just change the nib for you, like uh, melt the glass and change the nib and ship it back to you. And this is incredible because, of course, you have to be in Japan, but you have one glass pen, but you can change four times the nibs in one year if you want to. And for that, it's really a very good service. All right. And moving on, the best store of the year, uh, I'm going to steal Bungabox. I think, you know, obviously uh, it's their, I believe, 10th anniversary. They came out with a bunch of different products. Um, and, you know, it's it's been a great year for them from the Mikabi Mikan, which I think was, was a knockout, to obviously everybody went crazy over the the Bungabox uh, Fujiyama 823. And then they re-released Silent Night, Cinderella. So they had really, I think, a strong, strong year really answered to what the what the the consumer wanted. And they they also did a couple of KOP um, KOP pens and they they have a special engraved um, KOP engraved nibs now not just laser engraving. So I think overall, Bungabox, uh, my store of the year. Same, uh, yeah, Bungabox was really strong and uh, Mikan, who, for someone who's not in orange, it was one of my favorite pen of last year. Uh, from the packaging, everything they, they do around, the stories of the of the Mikan, they are really, really good. And I, want, I really like Shoshekan. Um, Daikan Yama for the customer service. Every time I visit their shop, uh, sorry, yeah, um, every time uh, I visit their shop, they are just like so so patient, kind. They let you try all the pen. You are like a VIP customers every time you get in this shop. So hello, <laughs> thank you. Yeah, I'm gonna have to jump on Bunga Box, and just for any of your listeners that. Um, don't, aren't real familiar, you can go online and they do ship overseas. So that's a real plus for them because so many stores are so recalcitrant about that. And uh, uh, SAT word. <laughs> and then also, like, if you do come to Tokyo, you, you, you'll want to go to their little tiny Omitasando shop. And it's amazing that 
such a small little area where if you get like three people in there, it's crowded and can pack such a punch. Just so many different kinds of pens and interesting ink and paper and stuff. So yeah, I think, and then, you know, the Fujiyama blue on top of that, they, they just have a real eye for what is, what's interesting. And they did a stealth release uh, ink called Blue Bird. I bet none of you have heard of that, but maybe I'll bring it next time. I would say Okamotoya because I think that is the store for anyone who is into ink and visiting Tokyo. It's probably one of the least, lesser known stores. Like everyone knows about Marzen and uh, Kakimori and Itoi and so on. But if you're into ink, there's no better store in Tokyo than Okamoto. It's a beautiful storefront, looks like some actually, yeah. temple and then had this ink testing station where you have like, literally hundreds of ink that you can test and you're inevitably going to end up you know, buying a bunch of them, of course, as Alessa knows <laughs> very well. And it's one of the few stores in Tokyo where you, can, where you actually have a large selection of uh, glass pens, including some pretty rare uh, brands that otherwise are hard to buy, whether you know, in brick and mortar or um, off, offline and um, or online. And they also, they're all like on top of ink trends before any other store, you know, the, the ink cards, they know what Bechor is doing, what Moe is doing. Like they, they are, they're like the epicenter of the Inkunuma trend. That, that's so true. They're the mm. epicenter of the Inkunuma trend. And here. don't they, par- they're, they're yeah, at they're, least partly own they are Tono. Tono Limbs? Yeah, yeah they Tono. are Mr. Tono, right? Yeah, Mr. Tono. He actually owns the store? No, uh, the, uh, as I understood, the, the owner is Tono in Tono and Limbs. Of Okamoto, yeah. Yes. But it's like a really old store for like like office goods. Yeah, yeah. but I think the next generation, I think he's around our age. And he's, uh, he's when they released, uh, two years ago, when they, they released this Tono and Nim collaboration, and they made this black, white, yeah, shimmering yeah, I ink. That. I remember I visited the shop and they said, oh, this is my doubt. My daughter drawing. Okay, then I'll just I'll just ask him. Yeah, you have know, to ask I, him. I'm the, I'm the you know clumsy guy gene that just rolls in there and asks. Yeah. All kind I, of I think the owner question. is Tono in Tono and Limbs. Okay, I'll, it's I'll my guess. Ask but... them, yeah. oh, and they were the first retailers to carry. Yeah, yeah they were. They were. Yeah, yeah. And, and they, they have carry the collection. Like, like every single type they have, and the majority of their ink is Tono and Limbs. Mm. You're right. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. That's a that's a good indicative store this year. So just for visitor, check out. Check out because they are closed on weekends. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> They're only open on weekdays. <laughs> so the Ojisan is still strong in that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. Um, what about the best content we consumed this year, Kwe? Tokyo Inklings, of course. <laughs> <laughs> okay, thank you very much. Alyssa? Okay, I'll say Tokyo Inklings too, but then I want to point to uh, Jacob's uh, How to Buy a Pen from Japan. I oh, think that's yeah, probably yeah, that good. What, what's good about that. It's short, concise. You can read it and figure it out really quick. So if you want to buy a, a pen from Japan and you can't find, you know, you can't get it to come to go to your country, check it out and figure out how to get it shipped to you. So, I, well, Alessa's channel is, of course, it, it's the channel for anyone interested in like uh, uh, Japanese stationery and topics. But if you're specifically interested in like ink reviews, like new Japanese inks, then I would recommend a du- relatively new YouTube channel called Nikki Notebook. I think you, you've seen her on, on Instagram. It's absolutely beautiful uh, like ink reviews. She does like uh, illustrations and uses glass pens and, and dip pens. And it, it's probably the best channel for ink reviews. Nikki Notebook? Nikki yeah, Notebook. I love her Instagram page. Mm. It's very nice. All right. And then I'm going to go with somebody that's not part of this group. 
Uh, I actually really enjoyed the Goulet Pencast this year. Um, not because I go to them to find out any kind of breaking news or whatever, but um, their podcast is uh, very long and very rambly. And it's just the perfect companion to like washing dishes or like folding laundry. And I think listening to their podcast really made me understand why they've been so successful at connecting with their customers. They, they've really become um, something really like a personal brand, right? Like you, they're really personable. And when, when Drew goes out to shows, people, you know, they, they recognize him, they recognize his voice. And I think they've done a good job at not necessarily, I think, um, talking about the products themselves, but really more than just the products, it's, it's actually getting to know the people behind the company. And, and I think that's, uh, that's really nice. Um, all right, the best, uh, or rather, the news of the year. Um, I'm going to start with uh, Twisby versus Narwhal. <laughs> I think that's my, uh, my news of the year. Jacob? So I would say 2022 was like the year of like, pen drama and I'm so fed up with that. I don't want to hear any more drama this year. That that's my answer. Okay, so so all the drama was the the, the news and yeah. no more drama for No more play. drama. Yeah. I'm so fed up with drama. <laughs> Elsa? Okay, there was there's drama? The Montblanc Gate was last year. Right? Montblanc Gate was twenty twenty one. Okay. So there was a Twisby trying to like narwhal. close off narwhal. Right. Um, there was noodlers I with noodlers. with like anti-semitic horns and and stuff like that but outside of that there's been a lot of different news so what was the news for you the news yeah or happening okay i'm I'm, I'm coming up with a blank here (laughs) deferred yeah me too i don't i don't think of all right deferred (laughs) all right so um all the drama news slash happening of of the year and no more for 2023 the best we're coming to the to the close the best event of the year jacob i'm not sure if it's the best but i think what is increasingly becoming the most important event of the year is actually tono and limbs uh, inc events plural form i mean we have criticized them so much in the past that it was badly organized and it was overcrowded and it was just chaotic but it's quickly becoming the event for anyone who's in, into ink and, and you know everyone is at tone and limbs and that's the only way to get some of the most, most coveted you know inks and glass pens you know the whole inkunuma community gathers at these tone and limbs events i would say that would you say that the kind of community they have is something that tips wanted to become well i think that it looks like there were more people at Tone and Limbs and at Tips, so, so uh, if that trans- if a lot of people translate into sales, then I'm sure Tips will be happy with that. Okay. Um, Lisa, best event? And for me, hands down, it's it's Tips. And um, I'm not saying that, you know, just because it's the, the big pen show. Um, yeah, I get it about the Tone and Limbs. But I think for me, what makes Tips good is that it encompasses everything. You've got glass pens there, you have lots of ink, you have all kinds of fountain pens. You've got all kinds of paper, and then you've got like even the 
where the you know the middle school boys show up and buy the those little wooden mechanical pencils. I mean, they come in by the tons. So you've just got a huge range of what's available there and the different kind of people there. It's really interesting compared to like many other pen shows that when you do sit in on tips, you'll see someone as young as, now, we're not talking just tagging along with their parents. We're talking they came by themselves and they're like 11 or 12, all the way up to like, you know, someone geriatric. And you're going to see that whole range there at tips. And I think that that speaks to me. All right, great. Mm-hmm. Tips uh, has been really good for all the organization too. Like you, you, you have a, you have a slot. You get there um, half an hour, twenty minutes, fifteen minutes before. You have a number assigned to your position. You just get in. Everything is very fluid. Everything is very easy. There is no like queuing for three hours outside in the cold or stuff like that. And um, so I'm the only one that went to Bungajoshi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So like, if I need to choose between. Tono and limbs and tips, of course, it will be tips because Tono and limbs get closer and closer to Bungujoshi, who is one of my biggest nightmares, uh, as I'm afraid of big ladies' crowd completely savage when it's <laughs> happened to limited savage. edition. They can even, they can, I think they can bite you if they want to get the pen or the ink that are on sale, only 20 uh, pieces of them. So... Yeah, tips for that was really good. And for one like uh, unique event was the opening of uh, TSL in Kurashiki. was really, really family-friendly and really nice. And um, But it's only one shot. Like They won't open every year, right? See, you, you took mine. For me, the best event was the TSL opening in Kurashiki. Um, I, I didn't go for the opening event, but I think their, their store there is definitely one of the the highlights of the year for me it was super super fun um definitely worth the trip out there and plus kurashiki is such a picturesque Mm. city that um for me it was really worth it on top of that i understand that um the the partner shops that carry tsl they get to go to kurashiki um and and order products i mean it's just a it's just a very very well done um store a well done concept and i think it, it was just brilliant i definitely had the most fun mm-hmm. uh out there all right moving on best paper of the year Alyssa, you first this time oh i'm gonna be so blasphemous i really am i i use tono and um, tomo river and I like the new successor to Tomo River. But as far as like a new paper, I'm gonna have to go with the smooth onion skin just because it's just different and you can use alcohol-based ink. So people who do Copic markers and stuff, you can use it. And it's just got that nice crinkly feel. So yeah, for a breakout new paper, it's a smooth onion skin. I like that, I like that. Jacob? So one of my favorite trends is that we are moving away from, at least in Japan, we are moving away from this one-dimensional view that paper is like one size fits all, there is one ultimate paper. Instead, it's, it, we have now this explosion of papers and, and different papers have different characteristics and you want to try ink on like five different papers. No product like, exemplifies that better than Yamamoto Papers memo box. So that's my product, paper product. Yeah. All right, I like that. You stole my idea too. So Yamamoto, <laughs> the, the memo pad and all the A4, like they, they sell this like a 20 or 50 sheet uh, folders of all kind of different papers, fountain pen friendly, paint, painting, like watercolor friendly, 
uh, crayon or pencil friendly and these are so much fun to cut them, put them in your plotter. If you don't have a plotter yet, you know what you have to do. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't get any discount from plotters. <laughs> it's really just my own point of view. But yeah, Yamamoto is really strong. Yeah, Takayuki-san, if you're listening to this, onegaishimasu. <laughs> All right. Um, for me, I think uh, um, I like the idea of this uh, smooth onion skin um, paper. I've, I've used that as well. And I, I really like it. Um, I like uh, slight white. Uh, I think that was a really, really nice paper. Um, really kind of precise and textured feel. Uh, for me, that, that was my favorite product of the year. Um, all right, now best ink. And I know that ink, it, it's too wide. You can't have just one best ink maybe. So maybe the best ink company. Um, and maybe I can start first. I think uh, Diamine. Actually, um, when we first had this Inkvent calendar, it was, I think, just a fun one-shot thing. But now this is the third year in a row. They've really established themselves as a must-buy of the season. I've never bought the Inkvent calendar. I don't think any of us have bought the Inkvent calendar. However, I think it's, it's undeniable how successful this is. All the stores are carrying it. It gets sold out every single year. And... Um, and they're innovating within the Inkvent ink. So they have these like um, chameleon inks now. I don't even know what they do. But I, I think for a company that's, you know, one of the oldest ink manufacturers in the world, they've really um, pushed themselves to limit, uh, especially when it comes to ink. So, so I think um, Diamine, best ink company of the year. I, I got a pass on that. I like them all. So, yeah, it's going to be too hard. You guys are cop-outs. No, I just, I, if you've asked me the honest questions, I don't have a favorite. All right, all right. <laughs> Jacob? So I think I have to go with Toner and Limbs, not because of any specific inks, but because of their ability to not only stay on top of the trend, but to drive the trends and to be so dominant in this hyper-competitive market. I, I hats off to Toner and Limbs. Yeah, yeah, that's probably... That's a good point. And Kwe? I will go with Korean brand. Uh, so, um, dominant industry. Um, not because of their ink, because we, we, we talked about this uh, exactly one year ago when they released all this scent and uh, shimmering ink, and they have this very nice glass uh, uh, cap that you can uh, use on, on your bottle when you are ink swatching. But they released recently some watercolor mm -hmm. um, uh, say palette where they indicate on their website that you can use them with deep pen. So it's not just watercolor, how um, uh, say, uh, you use brushes or something, but you can make your, a little bit like Tag has, has done with their, their ink stick. You can make some shimmering ink from watercolor and then use your glass or deep pen to, to write or to draw with it. So I guess there is a bigger market in the ink uh, field to test different medium, and this is very interesting. And then Raringol, I'm not sure for the pronunciation. Yeah, who every... You're only allowed to have one best ah, sorry. company. <laughs> <laughs> well, she can take mine since yeah, I didn't know. I, I think okay. I should choose one. Who has many favorites. And uh, they, they, all, they always have these like, stories, again, around the set of ink they release, which is really funny and interesting how you can mix them together. And I read, they are two of my favorite brands for this year, last yeah. year. 
All right, and last but not least, the best pen of the year. Um, Jacob, why don't you start us off? Sailor, Sailor second generation Hokoro with food and nib. <laughs> the one with the feet. The one with the feet, yeah. I mean, I think <laughs> he pulled it out. He pulled it out. I know. <laughs> I have it here ready, yeah. I mean, this is such an improvement over the first generation. And to me, this is the first dip pen that is actually really so good that it can compete with a glass pen. It holds a lot of ink. This, this nib is, I mean, this is a food and nib, right? Of course, it's great. And uh, says food fan. Says food fan. <laughs> No, I mean, this I mean, This shows that Sailor stays on top of all the Inkunuma trends, and I think this pen, which I don't think is available, at least not widely available outside of Japan yet, I think this is going to be a smash hit. Okay. Uh, for the pen, very difficult question. I think the Bungu Box Mikan Mikabi was my favorite pen of the year. All from right. From the whole set. Yeah, it was a very nice. I still have the cardboard box. And the ink was really nice. The, the ink is really nice, and uh, yeah, it was. And I discovered that I love orange, so thank you, Bungo Box. <laughs> <laughs> or darn you. <laughs> All right, let's not. Fujiyama blue. Fujiyama blue. All right, and um, for me, I will say the Sailor Rialo model. Um, I've been a big fan of this model for for many many years, but. I think this year they came out with loads of Sailor Rialo um, pens. So we started the year off with like Pentanoto. Um, we had uh, two Izumi ones. We had, I believe, two um, Bunga Box ones, as well as a bandless one from, from Nagasawa. And I think we're finally getting to see the power of this model over the quote-unquote standard pro gears so uh not the pro gear standard but uh but the standard pro gears so i'm hoping that more retailers will pick this up after seeing success uh, from from other retailers so that's my my wish for uh next year or this year and in terms of our predictions uh let's go real quickly Lisa, your prediction for 2023 Oh, I um, I'll just stick with my original that um, that ink and ink play is going to be the driving force of all of it, and fountain pens will become an accessory to ink. Okay. Yeah, I think the the people who are not inside the stationary um, writing world yet will get in by the inks, and it will be huge. Jacob. So I wrote four predictions on my blog post. I'm going to mention one of them here, <laughs> which is that I think 2023 will be the year of Iron Gold inks. So we have started to see some experience with Iron Gold ink. You know, Eric and Mart, uh, Kawasaki Bunguten has done some like remixing of uh, platinum inks. Um, but we haven't seen, you know, Tone and Lame's Taranishi and others. And, I, and what I suspect is that we will see that. And I think because I think all the stars are aligning for... Iron Gold to come back, you know, people using more and more glass pens, Iron Gold is safe for glass pens. We have this color changing ink trend this year. I think this is the natural continuation of the color trade changing ink trends. And also I think, you know, Tone and Lames and others, they have sort of exhausted all the other, you know, various flavors of inks you can make, right? This sort of, the, this is like the final frontier, right? It's, you know, <laughs> the the last the, evolution. Yes, exactly. So this is the year, it's going to be the year of Iron Gold ink. 
All right, all right. And um, then for me, I'm going to say that we're going to see more pens with more complexities. Uh, I think we're at the end, or maybe not at the end, but there's a fatigue of um, just standard pens that take converters or, or eyedroppers. So I think more things like Inkidome, more uh, filling systems, uh, maybe safeties. I think more, especially non-large manufacturers will invest in uh, these complexities to to stand out from the crowd. So that's going to be my wild prediction. And I thought it would be nice to end with um, just talking about what goals we have. Um, not, maybe not necessarily resolutions, but what, what, what things we want to achieve in 2023. Um, also because you're looking at me. Okay. Um, actually, I was just thinking that that this year I'd like to go to Kurashiki. You guys have talked about it a lot, and I think it would just be a fun thing to to both experience and probably share with other people because watching you guys' stuff, it just looks really like a lot of fun. We're going to go in March, so um, I'll send you the dates. I'm hoping to get more into video this year. That's a short one. Short and concise, I like it. Great. Um, I hope to sell more pens than to buy. <laughs> <laughs> me too. Good luck. <laughs> and um, for me, I'm working on a new website and a new brand. I'm going to retire uh, my current website. Uh, hopefully that's going to come out in the next few weeks. Um, I feel like I've, I've done a lot to, to flesh out my business part of stationery. Um, and I know that I'm late on, on few orders just because... You know, one person doing 5,000 things is, is just almost impossible. But um, I think I've made a few good connections this year. Um, and hopefully next year, it's going to really take form and take shape. So that's that's my goal for, for the next year. And uh, last but not least, a little announcement on our uh, schedule for the next year. So um, life has become more and more busy for for all of us uh, as we pass through different stages of of life um as well as our relationship with with stationary right so we've been recording on a um, bi-weekly uh schedule for the past almost two years um and it's time to kind of take a step back and reduce that schedule um so tokyo inklings will record uh i think once a month um, and, and really just depends on whether we have time. Maybe sometimes it'll be less, sometimes it'll be more, who knows. But uh, we're, we're going to have a goal of once a month uh, recording for the next year at least. Um, and I am working on a separate uh, podcast as well. So you'll be hearing from me soon on, on another medium as well. So I think that kind of wraps up 2022 and, and brings us into 2023 nicely with uh, what we want to do and what the future might look like. Um, thank you, everybody, once again for, for joining and, uh, and for all the listeners who have supported us for, for a long time. Um, really glad to, to have you guys here and hopefully we'll have a great year in 2023. So with that being said, my name is CY. You can find me for now uh, at TokyoStationPens.com on Instagram and TikTok at Tokyo Station Pens and on Twitter at Tokyo Station MNH. 
And my name is Jacob. I'm a fan on Instagram, TikTok, and elsewhere. And my name is Kue. You can find me on Instagram at MiraiCat. And thanks for having me. Happy New Year to everyone. And Elisa, Happy New Year from Inky Rocks. All right. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye, -bye. Bye.